This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Takeoff Podcast. I am John Clark, presented by Live Casino Hotel Philadelphia. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Super Bowl week for your Eagles. And our special guest, he's somewhere nice as well. He'll be getting here. Malcolm Jenkins, how you doing? I'm doing great. Eagles in the Super Bowl getting ready uh, out here in L.A. Weather's beautiful. How about you? I mean, it's fantastic. We're here at the Eagles Resort where they're staying. It's on lockdown. Um, You've probably seen a lot of the interviews. Uh, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Uh, you guys won five years ago. What do you think of what you're seeing and hearing out of this Eagles team? Yeah, I mean, the, when we went to the Super Bowl, one of the things that I always said was, like, people try to tell you, act like you've been there before. Uh, but if you've never been there before, then then don't try to be something that you're not, right? If you want to see a team show up to the biggest stage in the world with all of the lights and cameras and, and be themselves. And I think that's what we've seen so far in these interviews, that they've kept things the status quo. Jalen Hurts looks like the same locked-in, focused guy, and that trickles down to the rest of the team. So I think that's what you really want to see, is like a team get into this arena, this space, and not lose their personality, not lose their focus or their swagger. Um, so, you know, it looks like they're handling at least the, the some of the distractions and all of the fanfare pretty well. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Brandon Graham and a couple of the guys, and BG says everything has kind of slowed down for him this trip. But the first trip mm -hmm. five years ago, everything is just fast-paced, in your face. you got to be here. you got to be there. What was it like for you, Super Bowl week and then leading up to the game? Yeah, I think it's similar to what Brandon's talking about. The first time, you know, I barely left my hotel room. Things were – my nerves were high. Things were happening fast. Uh, you were trying to ignore so many things. The second time, you know, you realize that it's rare to actually get to these type of stages. So I actually took the time to really look at what was happening around me, take in the environment, soak in the views and all of these things, understanding that, uh, you know, these opportunities don't come, you know, that often. And you want to be present. You want to be able to take, take in the moment uh, and be present where your feet are. How do you kind of – have that mentality during a Super Bowl to do the things that you're good at and do the things that got you there. Not try to do too much, not try to make the big play of the Super Bowl and keep your nerves and your emotions kind of calm if you can. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they, you know, I was practicing that all year, right? That's That wasn't something that you just tried to turn on in the, in the Super Bowl. You've, you know, been in the NFC Championship. You've been in playoff games where you've had to execute and keep the main thing the main thing. Um, and, and this, this game doesn't require you to do anything new. You don't have to be a new player or make some extravagant plays. It usually comes down to which team executes the smallest, simplest things better for longer. Uh, and I think that's going to be the case when it comes to this game. We love having you on this podcast, uh, because you do such a great job of, of analyzing football. And I remember you used to keep notes all the time and, and you studied your opponents, you put in a lot of work. So let me ask you. Eagles, Chiefs, who do you think has the better team? 
Well, I think when you say who has the better team, just top to bottom, uh, even coming in from a health standpoint, I think the Eagles have more talent. I think they have a healthier team. Uh, but what the uh, Eagles have in talent, the Chiefs have in experience. And I think we have a quarterback like um, like Patrick Mahomes and the weapons that they have on offense, Andy Reid. Uh, they're going to be prepared. They're going to the Bowman's not going to be too big. Uh, but I do think that the, the Eagles' talent is something to to deal with, especially uh, up front on either side. So the offensive line and defensive line, I think, is a significant advantage. And if those two units show up uh, versus a banged up, uh, you know, quarterback and uh, and a and a defense that's not known for stopping the run, I think you know that's that's going to be the key for the Eagles. If they can't get an advantage up front, then I think all of a sudden that talent that they have gets equalized. Uh, you know, with that experience. Because you know Andy Reid and them, they're going to make some plays. They're going to have some things drawn up. Uh, but I do think the Eagles, you know, need to keep their poise and obviously stick to the basic things. Because when you match up the rosters, I think the Eagles do have a more talented roster. You've played against Patrick Mahomes. And this year, he's the second hardest quarterback to sack. He can get away from pressure. Even with the high ankle sprain, he's only been sacked three times in the two playoff games. That defensive line for the Eagles is pretty epic, but is Patrick still able to make that off-schedule play, get out of the way of pressure, and and dump it off to running backs so effectively? Well, I think when you look at somebody not getting sacked, it's, it's, sometimes that has to do with their ability to move in the pocket, but really it's, that's a cerebral stat. That means that they know what the defense is giving them. They know how to get the ball out of their hands quick and keep themselves out of harm's way. And I think we see that in Patrick Mahomes. He knows how to get the ball out, get in space with his players, and then can still create those off-schedule uh, plays. I think we'll, everybody wants to see how healthy he's going to be with a couple weeks now since that last game. Uh, can he move? Can he get out of the pocket? If so, I think it makes the game so much harder, especially on the defense. So it's going to come down to that, that defensive line, getting to him quickly and not allowing him to extend the play, making him get the ball out of his hands quick. Um, and make them kind of earn their way all the way down the field. Five years after you brought a Super Bowl to Philadelphia, you are now an author. We're going to get to that in one second. I just have a couple more football questions. Uh, you see with Tyreek Hill gone, maybe some of that downfield passing, they're not doing that as much. And you see they're effectively getting it into the hands of like Jarek McKinnon and, you know, he'll dump it off. How effective is that for the Chiefs this year? And when you're defending – especially the defensive backfield, the defensive backs, linebackers. I mean, how important is the tackling? You got a cover back there, but if you dump it off, they can still get 10, 15 yards on those. Yeah, I think that is, you know, yak and yards after catch. All those yeah. things are are huge for uh, the Chiefs. If you can't tackle in space, that then it's tough. That's what Kelsey, you know, he's a great route runner, great tight end, probably the best in the game at this point in time. Uh, but when you watch him play, it's not that he has the best routes or releases. It's the yards after catch, his ability to work away from the defender, the ball gets to him, and he's running. Uh, you see that with all of those guys. So um, it's going to be key to, to, one, if they do make plays, to eliminate the yards after the contact, yards after catch. But they have dynamic runners, dynamic people with the ball in their hands. And that's really, you know, one of the keys, especially for those linebackers in secondary of the Eagles. They can cover. I think they'll be able to match up. But – can they can they tackle in space and eliminate, you know, some of those extra leaky yardage? So I've asked a couple guys this. Brandon Graham says he believes this team has way more talent than your Super Bowl team five years ago. Fletcher Cox actually says he thinks the 2017 team would win if they played this team. Now, this Super Bowl result is not known yet. You guys were champs. 
Can you uh, weigh in on this? What Which team do you think is more talented? Uh, I mean, honestly, um, I think – Man, it's it's tough. I think uh, this team might be more talented. You know, when I look at offensively, you know, we had Alshon and Zach. I think offensively is probably uh, even just because our quarterbacks were on fire that year. We had receivers and, and things like that. Defensively, I think this defense might be um, uh, better at certain spots. I think the D-line is – better um even though we had a killer d-line that year just what they've been able to do this season has been remarkable um they're definitely a, an upgrade at the corner position we had two solid corners but i think uh bradbury and slay are just having phenomenal years so it's it's those are some key positions so i think when you really try to match it up um i, I think talent wise i would probably lean more toward this this unit uh but I think the journeys were a little bit different. Uh, we, were, we were at a place where we had nothing to lose and were very, very comfortable being an underdog and, and staying focused. We had a championship pedigree with so many guys we signed from the offseason that had been former Super Bowl uh, champions. So that leadership was just uh, a bit different um, and definitely a different team. But I'm excited. This team is, is one that is special. You know, it's it's completely different journey than what we had. Um, and so it's as a fan now, I'm looking and, and really excited to see what this team can do if they can cap off this great season they've had and bring a championship back home to Philadelphia. Malcolm, when you saw what happened after you guys won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz is traded away, Doug Peterson's fired, for them to turn around, pivot, and have new head coach, new quarterback, second-round pick quarterback who was behind Carson, are you amazed at how they were able to reshape and reform this team into another Super Bowl contender? Yeah, and I think you have to really, you know, take your hats off to Harry Roseman and, and Jeff Lurie uh, because, you know, they're the mainstays, right? They're, they were able to continue a winning legacy uh, in the, on the team and, and keep a culture that, that can consistently be competitive. And that's hard to do. There's not many organizations in this league that are competitive year in and year out. Um, and to turn that back around this quick, like you said, with the coaching change, with the quarterback change and all of those things, um, it's, it's, it's very impressive. Hey, so I remember growing up all the stories we used to hear about guys, Super Bowl week, they would go out Sunday night, Monday night, they would hit the town, go out hard sometimes. But it seems to me like Devontae Smith tells us he goes and locks himself in his room, no TV, no phone, he's in darkness. Jalen Hurts, he's not going out. Do you think times have changed? No, no. That was me the first <laughs> time I went to the Super Bowl as well, like sitting in my room, not going out. Uh, but we did go out that Monday before, you know, before I think, you know, I think it just comes down to, you know, people's process. You know, can you can you be out and, and about and still stay focused on the game? If you're a guy who can do that, then I would encourage you to do that and not try to, you know, do anything different now that your routine is. So if you're a guy, you know, during the regular season, you don't go out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't show up to the Super Bowl and now start trying to do those things. Um, and so I think it's, it really comes down to it, you know, to each his own type of approach. All right, ahead of the big game on Sunday, let's take a look at a points bet prop bet right here. All right, any player in the Super Bowl to have 100 plus yards receiving. Wow. So yes, 375. No, plus 275. So I am gonna say. Yes, I think one player will have 100 yards receiving. Now, of course, in the Eagles Super Bowl win the first time, Corey Clement was their leading receiver. So it'll be interesting to see who could possibly be 
the leading receiver for the Eagles. Maybe Devontae Smith will have a couple of big catches down the field. A.J. Brown, I know they want to get him involved. So two big possibilities there to go over 100 yards receiving. So get your swagger back. Points bet. Sports book. Points bet. Your move. So this is pretty cool. You are now an author. Uh, Tell us the title of that book. Uh, It's called What Winners Won't Tell You, Stories from a Legendary Defender. Uh, It's a a memoir really about my life told through the lessons that I've learned through sports, being a father, business, um, you know, all of those things. And and really, uh, you know, I've experienced a lot. I've I've played a 13-year career, been through a lot of different things, uh, experienced a lot, met a lot of people. And really understanding that my story is an important one to, to contextualize and, and solidify, really, and spread. So a lot of people know, you know, what they've seen on the, on the surface, the things they've seen in the media. Uh, but there are a lot of things happening kind of under the surface and behind the scenes that add really important context to, you know, my legacy and, and the whys behind all the things you see me do. And obviously you wanted to share your story with people. Who are you trying to touch or help or you know add information to and help them in their journey in their lives yeah i think i have so much to offer you know a lot of people whether it be anybody who's looking for lessons in leadership you know i've been a captain on almost every team i've been on i've been very successful in leading teams to championships and things of that sort fatherhood you know having to navigate being a a single father you know throughout uh, with all the demands that i have an entrepreneur uh philanthropist and obviously, you know, from athletes, from just high performance to even the business part of it, all of these spaces, you know, uh, overlap kind of into my life. Right. And I think that has to there are a, a bunch of people who can take something from it. It's a book that obviously, you know, on the surface looks like, oh, it's a story about an athlete. But anybody who knows anything about me knows that I'm more than an athlete. And this book really showcases kind of all of those different uh, avenues and verticals and how they play with one another and intertwine to make up, you know, who you see before you. Yeah. I got to tell you, I was always amazed by the amount of time you were able to invest in all the things you were doing. Uh, you know, you would go to the Harrisburg state house, whatever. I mean, right mm-hmm. after a game the next morning. And so I always respected that. When did you decide you wanted to write this book? Um, you know, honestly, um, I started about two years ago while I was still in the league. I didn't really exactly know, um, what I was doing, it just started to kind of come out of me. I understood that my career was winding down. There are a lot of things that I wanted to, or I had experience that I wanted to crystallize. And I just started writing. Um, and what I wanted to say really began to kind of come to fruition as I really reflected over everything that I had been through in my life. Uh, and so it's been a, it's been a, a, a labor of love. Uh, it's been definitely something that's different um, for me, writing a book. It's been a, a tough but rewarding uh, journey, and I'm excited to share, you know, what I've been through uh, with the world. So what's this week like? You're going to be coming to Phoenix. I've seen you on the list for some big events. What's this like seeing the Eagles back in the Super Bowl five years after you brought the first Super Bowl to Philadelphia? I mean, if they have another parade, it's not going to be as big as that first Super Bowl. That first Super Bowl will always be the biggest win in the history of Philly sports. Yeah, you know, I'm very secure in that space, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not getting replaced at all, you know? So it's uh, being, being able to bring the first one to the city was definitely unique and very special. Uh, but this entire year, really, for me, has been unique and special because it's my first year out of the game as a fan. Um, and being at all of the playoff games, um, and I'll be in the building this Sunday, 
really as a fan, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't even like to engage with a lot of people during the games because I'm locked in, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting and I'm watching the play call and I'm watching the players, the adjustments. Um, and I'm really looking forward to some good football this year. I mean, the Eagles have played a phenomenal um, brand of football all season long. And now they get, you know, arguably the best team uh, in the, well, not arguably, but the best team obviously on the AFC and we'll figure out who, you know, ends up on top, but the ride has been phenomenal, and I'm looking forward to uh, obviously finishing that off and capping it off on Sunday. People in Philly love the last time you were on. You told us that you you do get up in front of your TV sometimes. Uh, when you're actually at these games like you were during the playoffs, are there things that you now see kind of stepping back a little bit or have a newfound respect for that you did as a player or all players do in the NFL? Like, Is there something that stood out to you watching these games in person? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I've noticed now because I'm sitting in the stands um, is is how, you know, the ebbs and flows of the game are really dictated by the crowd. And I never really heard the crowd noise while I was on the field. It was more of like you feel the vibrations, you know, amplify and decrease. And sitting in the stands, I'm realizing how much of an effect that has like really on the game and and how you can start to feel those rises in tension uh, and they affect even the play callers. So you can predict things like from an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator based on how the stadium feels. Like if it's a pressure situation, it's third along or a crucial kind of down, all of a sudden you see coaches adding blitzes, they'll come harder or, you know, offensive coordinators taking shots down the field like you can feel those things that go with the ebb and flow of the crowd that was something I never really noticed um much as a player but it's a lot of those nuances just from a different vantage point now as a fan that you you see how it affects kind of the game on the field and and like your Super Bowl you expecting to see what 60 40 Eagles fans over Chiefs fans I mean what was it like five years ago oh yeah it was a home game five years ago so <laughs> I, I, ex I expect nothing less from you know the Philly faithful we travel well. Uh, I know we'll be in the building. Um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, we take it over and it's just a, uh, it's like another game in a link. That's great. I, I actually saw uh, Chris Long, Bo Allen, LeGarrette mm -hmm. Blunt's in town. You got a lot of guys. Are you guys all getting together uh, in person for this game? Yeah, I know Sproles will be out there, a bunch of those guys. So uh, I, don't, I don't think we coordinated it yet, but I know there's, a, there's some texts going around. We got to link up for a drink or something, at least get a picture. And, and post it for the Eagles faithful just to see what we're doing nowadays. <laughs> and you know what? You might have another party on a Sunday night. There it is. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Malcolm, for joining us. Is there any more, anything else you're working on or involved with uh, along with the book that you want to tell Philly about? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the things, you know, I was known as an Iron Man when I played there, you know, in Philly, not missing games. And, and a lot of that came to do to um, because of my habits and taking care of my body, all the things I was doing. And that still continues now. So I'm excited about um, a partnership I've um, made with a company called Nestry, founded by a former player. But it's a company that deals with um, cognitive strength training and solutions using um, um, like neuroscience and AI machine learning to really create uh, personalized workout regimens for mental health, brain wellness, and overall just human performance. And I really think they're going to be on the cutting edge of, of just raising the baseline of humanity when it comes to cognitive um, and mental health and cognitive strength. So that's been something that's been really fun for me, especially in light of all of the discussions around player safety and concussions and CTE. 
Um, and then on top of that, I think, you know, as an athlete, one of the things I've always been um, passionate about is just mental health, being able to deal with my own issues, uh, seeing other athletes struggle uh, dealing with things, even with Brandon Brooks. Um, and so I've started a podcast called Safe. Uh, it's myself, my brother, my best friend, where we just open up and create something that I really don't see much of, which is a safe space for men to talk about men things without judgment, without, you know, um, feeling like they have to be perfect. And so we're launching that here soon. So all of these things that I'm doing, you know, the book, the podcast, uh, the role with Nestry all play into kind of a spinoff of what I've been doing for the last 13 years. I don't know how you do it. You can't rest. <laughs> no, no, I get plenty. I'm getting sleep. I, I, I've, I'm starting to force myself to get a little bit of sleep. But uh, yeah, I, I got to stay busy. It's, it, being the most expansive version of myself is really um, what I call living, right? Like learning what the limitations and capabilities that I have are, and then turning those into intentional actions. And those intentional actions are are your purpose. That's what, how you live your life and have impact on this world. So I don't really see it like, uh, you know, like I'm working too hard. I'm really just living my life through all of the talents that, um, you know, I've been blessed with. Yeah, you're always exploring, reaching out. Uh, we can't keep up with you, but uh, congrats. Congrats on the book. That's awesome. I look forward to reading it. And congrats on the other things you're involved with here. And uh, hopefully it's going to help some people. And, uh, you know, especially younger people getting involved in sports and the mental aspect of it. And, and we were just talking to Lane Johnson um, and Chris Long actually was talking to him, too. And, and he was saying how he's kind of able to enjoy it a lot more now mm -hmm. in, in the mental space he's in. So that's really good to hear. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you should. You know, the game we play a game for a living. Right. And it's it, even though it's high pressure, we're the best in the world at what we do. It's a lot of business around it. We should still be able to enjoy the game. And I think that was a journey for me. And I'm glad more athletes are, are talking about it, experiencing that and, and really finding a place where they can, you know, be at peace. Well, you got it. The, uh, the security dogs are coming by. The Eagles team buses <laughs> must be coming by soon. There it is. Tell you, feeling it again. Congrats. Uh, congrats on the book. Congrats on all you're doing. And five years ago. Super Bowl champ. So congrats on that as well. Thank you. Appreciate you, Malcolm. Thanks for the time. All right. Go Birds. All right, man. Thanks. Oh, mom, so flagrant.